Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Welcome to UFC London. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. It's time to jump into UFC London preview and predictions. And this one, it's going to be a little bit different. I'm trying, still working on a few different formats. So today is going to be a little bit different. And then for UFC 277, I'm going to go back to a similar concept to what I've been doing. Longer previews, uh, properly, you know, give you the rundown on each fight, each fighter everything that's going on, uh, like a bit more of a deep dive. Today I'm going to try out a bit more of a rapid prediction, just go through, uh, say the fight and kind of what I think and who I think is going to win. So trying out something a little bit new. If you enjoy this format, let me know. Otherwise, if you prefer the old format as well, let me know or don't let me know. Do whatever you want. That's fine. Uh, Today we are doing rapid takes. UFC London, though, it is a hell of a card. We saw them in March, the UFC go to uh, London. Uh, London? Can't even speak English. Uh, But i tell you who can. The London faithful, they will be screaming as they were in the first outing in March, coming back from a long COVID pandemic. So we've got Tom Aspinall in the main event once again. Nobody wanted to go up against him. Nobody wanted to face his opponent either, Curtis Blades. This is a major matchup, major matchup. I know potentially we've got John Jones and Stipe in the works. We've got Taitu Avasa and Cyril Garn. But this, this is huge. This is huge. Not just for Tom Aspinall, but for Curtis Blades. I think a win here. And obviously, yeah, John Jones, Stipe, there's stuff around that. Francis Ngannou, there's still question marks around that. But Curtis Blades, he is right on the cusp of contention. So that is going to be a hell of a main event. I'll get to my prediction for that. In the middleweight co-main event, Darren Till withdrawing. Don't know what the go is there. Uh, And his opponent, Jack Hermanson, said basically he always felt like Respectfully, Darren Till wasn't going to fight, but he'd withdrawn. He'd, yeah, just kind of the science from Darren Till. So instead, we have potentially the fighter of the year. 2022's fighter of the year, in my opinion, so far. Stepping up, Chris Curtis. Action man. What a run it has been for him since he got also a short notice debut up against Phil Hawes back in November last year. He was losing the fight. He got that round one knockout. He then beat Brendan Allen, which I got on Chris Curtis for that one. He was at $3.75. He knocked Brendan Allen out. And he is coming off a win only at the end of June. So one month ago against Adolfo Vieira. Very, very high level grappler. He was trying to take Chris Curtis down. Chris Curtis... Chris Curtis is in form, man. Extreme couture. Trains with the likes of Sean Strickland. Puna Soriano, and I am so excited for that co-main event. Another one that has plenty of people talking, and what could be the funnest matchup of the night. 
You have the twerking Jordan Levitt, the Monkey King, who said he's going to beat Paddy and twerk on him. And then you have Paddy the Batty Pimblet, one of the hottest stars in the entire promotion. And I, I, that's, I can't even speak. I can't even, I can't even articulate. Like, that is one that is mainly best to just sit down and watch because words can't do it justice. That is going to be one hell of a fight. Then in the light heavyweight division, we've also got Alexander Gustafsson finally returning. Just unbelievable that he's coming back. Maybe he's seen an opening in that light heavyweight division. We've got Paul Craig, we've got Meatball Molly, and we've got this preliminary card. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start at the prelims action. We've got eight fights on the prelim, so I'll kind of split them four by four. This is not just a sports report. UFC London Rapid Picks. Alright, first up we have a really intriguing, bit of a hard one to pick in the welterweight division. Opening us up, we have Nicholas Dalby and we have Claudio Silva who is Brazilian, but he's been living in London since 2007. So he's very much a hometown guy, is Claudio Silva. He's 39 as well, though. So that is one thing. I'm, I'm a big fan. He's actually beaten Leon Edwards back in the day by split decision. And yeah, it's, it's an intriguing one. I think Claudio Silva, it depends how much he's got left in the tank. Then you have the Danishman, Nicholas Dalby. He's 37. Former Cage Warriors welterweight champion as well. Has actually had two stints inside the UFC. And um, when he got cut from UFC, he went back to Cage Warriors. Won the interim welterweight title. And Dilby's? Dilby's. Fucking hell. Dolby's last performance was in 2021. And he lost by decision up against Tim Means. Claudio Silva... His last one, I'm pretty sure was against Court McGee. I'll just double check that that was his last outing. Yeah, it was. And that that was a really clear-cut win for Court McGee. Just total domination. So that this one is like a 50-50 one. I'm finding it quite tricky to pick. But I've ended up going Nicholas Dalby by decision. Now, the crowd factor is going to be a massive thing as well. I'm really reluctant to go for uh, decision results. In any of these fights, I think we're going to see a lot of finishes once again. But this one, just I found it quite quite hard to pick. And I was actually leaning toward Claudio Silva. I feel that as a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, he's still a really good chance of wrapping up the submission. And he's never been finished. He's never been knocked out or submitted. His two losses coming by way of decision. or And I think one of them was a disqualification. So, yeah, Claudio Silva, he's never been finished. And I was actually going to go for Silva in this one. But, yeah, just it's this one's a tricky one. So I've ended up going Nicholas Dolby by decision. That one not super confident on. But I think overall Dolby, two years younger and just just might be able to edge it out. But that one, really hard to tell. Taking Nicholas Dolby over Claudio Silva. Then we move up to women's flyweight action. We've got Mandy Baum, the German, up against Victoria Leonardo. 
Both ladies looking for their first wins in the promotion. Mandy Bomb, of course, she suffered the first loss of her professional career in her UFC debut up against Ariane Lipsky. Whilst Victoria Leonardo has taken on some really high-level opponents, Manon Fior and Melissa Gatto, she was knocked out in round two, both of those results. So one of them's going to get the first UFC win. For the other, they're kind of grim. I'm going to take Mandy Bomb, but... This one, another really close one. I think Leonardo is a massive chance. I do think this one's going to go the full 15 minutes. And that that makes it really hard for me to pick. But I'm going to take Mandy Bomb over Victoria Leonardo. Don't put too much money on that one if you're betting. But I think Mandy Bomb by decision is a good bet. So on a card where I think there's going to be plenty of finishes, I've started with two decision results. Nicholas Dolby by decision into Mandy Bomb by decision. Then after that, we've got the Black Country Banger from Wolverhampton, Jai Herbert. He's going to have the home crowd support. Up against the Canadian, Kyle Nelson, who... Look, he... I, I don't know, not a lot to report on. I did my notes and a lot of my tape and study and the likes, but I think this is more going to be Jai Herbert's showing... Jai Herbert as well. He is a bona fide knockout artist, and that is why I've taken Jai Herbert by knockout in this one. I can see this one going the distance, or maybe Kyle Nelson picking up the win, but as I said, the first two fights of the night, quite tricky for me to predict. This one, I have a lot more confidence in. So I'm going to take Jai Herbert by knockout. He has nine of his 11 wins by knockout. He's a first-round knockout specialist as well, so do consider that. And I, I think he's going to get it done. He's coming off a really disappointing loss last time the UFC was in London, but that was against Ilya Tepuria, who is one of the biggest prospects and most lethal finishes inside the UFC. So not heaps of credit lost there. And ultimately, I think Jai Herbert is a grizzled veteran who can get it done. He's a former Cage Warriors lightweight champion as well. For Kyle Nelson, he's been fighting at featherweight and he's stepping back up to lightweight where he's fought before. But I think Jai Herbert, he's in a better place. I'm taking Jai Herbert by knockout and I may have a little dabble as well on Herbert by first round knockout. Then we go on to a hugely exciting flyweight clash. Last time out in London, it was Mohamed Mokhaev, the UFC's youngest fighter, only 21 years old, opening the show getting the ultra-quick performance of the night submission over his opponent in Cody Durden. It was less than a minute. It was absolutely wild. That was the first fight. I remember it clearly and just thinking, oh, shit. Oh, shit. We, it just started the chain of events that ended up being my favorite card so far this year. I think this card can top it. And this time, Makayev has a really, really tough opponent Albeit Charles Johnson in his UFC debut, not a household name. A lot of people, in terms of looking at the betting, they will remember Makayev's performance, and I think they will lean toward betting on him. But Charles Johnson, he's a former LFA flyweight champion. He's been in five-round contests. He's had a lot of experience. And I, I think Johnson has what it takes to really trouble Makayev. Ultimately, though, I am going to take Mohamed Mokhaev. This one was really tricky. I actually think this could go to decision. Charles Johnson, this is intriguing. I actually think this is really good matchmaking. 
But Makayev, he has credentials. Like, he's worked his way up. He took his time. He's been fighting since he was 15, like, professionally, you know, like, actually working his way toward the UFC and gaining experience. Charles Johnson, it's going to be a surreal experience. If you think about octagon jitters, imagine when you're taking on someone in Makayev who is English as well. He um, immigrated, I believe, to Wigan from Dagestan. I don't know exactly what age. He, he's an Englishman. He has that home crowd support. They remember him. That, that arena was packed. O2 Arena was absolutely packed when that show opened in March. He was first up. He had one of the most impressive performances on a card full of them. Everyone's going to be behind Makayev. So I was thinking this is going to go to decision. But as I said, Given it's London, the one thing I learned last time is be very cautious about going for decisions because there's going to be a feeling in the air and it's going to be very special. So I've gone Mohamed Mokayev to win by submission. And this one, head-to-head, seems like the best bet. And I can see it going the distance, but I'm going to take Mokayev by submission over Charles Johnson. And that is just strictly down to the fact that he's going to have that crowd behind him. I think it's going to be a lot harder to get the submission this time around than it was in his debut outing for the promotion. And Charles Johnson has never been finished. His two losses on his record, which stands at 11-2, and two, uh, were decision losses. So that that is really interesting. I think they've matchmaked Mokayev really well with a guy who may be an unknown quantity to many, but he's a very stern test for Mokayev. And you don't want to bring Muhammad um, up the ranks too quickly. He's young. Give him time to build. This is a perfect matchup for him, in my opinion. He's still going to learn a lot. And he's going to get tested. That's my opinion. I think we're going to see him get tested, which he wasn't in the first fight. But ultimately, last time, yeah, I, I was just so impressed with the way he got it done. And so for that reason, I'm going to get on the Muhammad Mokayev train by submission. It's going to be harder for him to hand Charles Johnson the first loss of his professional career by submission and first stoppage loss. But yeah, I'm going to take Mokayev. I think eventually that crowd factor and potentially octagon jitters for Johnson, not just in a neutral venue or in front of a United States audience, but you're, you're on the away team. You are the away team, and it's just you, and you're in front of the home crowd, and they are all behind Mohamed Makayev. And Charles Johnson, from what I have seen, watching his tape, he's going to be up for this. I think he's going to relish that opportunity, and I actually don't know if he is going to be phased by Octagon Jitters. I think he's going to be in the element and in the zone. So, very big test for Mohamed Makayev, but ultimately, I'm going to get on that hype train. I'm going to say Mohamed Makayev by submission. So that was the first four of this preliminary portion from the eight fights. Just quickly, Nicholas Dolby by decision, Mandy Baum by decision, Jai Herbert by knockout. First round, gonna double on that as well. Mohamed Mokayev by submission, although decision, a very good bet as well. I, I think that could go down in a number of different ways. That one I'm actually very keen to see as well. I'm sure many people are. But now let's get on to the next four fights on this preliminary card. 
This is not just a sports report, UFC London, Rapid Picks. Next we have an absolute bitch of a contest at Featherweight to decide who I'm going to go. Marquan Amakani against Jonathan Pierce. JSP, the 30-year-old, he's the favourite. But Marquan is a danger. We saw that last time out in London. He got a submission win over Mike Grundy in under a minute. That's Marquan's specialty, and the whole vibe around him is that he can do special things to get the win in the first round. But if you can take him into the second and third, he doesn't seem to have that same edge to him. Jonathan Pierce knows that. He said that he's going to try and exploit that. But Marquan's a danger, and JSP is someone who does present plenty of opportunities to have his neck wrapped up. I've seen a lot of people going for Marquan by submission here, and this one I was back and forth to pick. But I'm going to go with JSP, Jonathan Pierce, just in a bit of a safety bet. I think Marquan is highly likely to secure the first round stoppage, but if he doesn't, then I think JSP can get it done. So ultimately, that's 10 minutes for JSP where I think he can get it done over the first five for Marquan, who he's really quality, but he's just one of those danger bets that if you go against him, which I did in the Mike Grundy fight, then he wins. And then when you decide to get on him, that seems to be when he seems to kind of lose. So I'm going to go with JSP, Jonathan Pierce. He's got me a couple of results, but I haven't been super flattered by his performances. I'm going to go JSP, Jonathan Pierce by knockout over Marquan. Amerkani, maybe second or third round. Um, and yeah, I, I think Jonathan Pierce, but really unsure. I just think you've got 10 minutes where Pierce can go to work as opposed to the first five for Marquan. And Amerkani just has a bit of danger energy. He is a value, value bet if you want to go for the underdog. Very likely that he does get the win. But I'm going to go with JSP, Jonathan Pierce by knockout slash technical knockout. I think more likely it could be like a ground and pound kind of situation. But in this one, I'm going to go Jonathan Pierce over Makwan Amerkani. Then on to another featherweight contest, Nathaniel Wood up against Charles Rosa. Nathaniel Wood from London as well. He's going to have that home crowd support behind him. He's got a lot of knockout wins as well. Plenty of knockout wins. But Charles Rosa, he is one tough bugger. I think... Ultimately, this one is going to go to decision, but my best bet, I'm taking Nathaniel Wood head-to-head. My best bet, I'm going to do a double chance of knockout or decision, either knockout or decision, because I think Nathaniel Wood does have knockout power. The crowd are going to be right behind him as well, but I think Charles Rosa, he's experienced. He has runs on the board, and he's pretty tough to put down. He's not an easy guy to finish. I'll quickly pull up Charles Rose's record, which stands at 14 and 7. Six of his seven losses have come by way of decision. So I still think he can get knocked out here. But Nathaniel Wood, look, I think he's just going to be happy with the win. And so for that reason, I'm going to take Nathaniel Wood over Charles Rosa. And I'm taking Wood to win by decision. As I said, best bet is a double chance by knockout or decision. On to Mark Ducasey up against Damir Hadzovic. I'm taking Ducasey by decision. 
That's another one where I think it could go the way of knockout. But Mark Jacasey, in his own right, like Marquand Amakani, has a bit of danger energy around throwing your money on him. And for that reason, I'm taking Jacasey. I'll probably go double chance again, depending on the odds for knockout or decision. But yeah, I'm taking Mark Jacasey over Demir Hadzovic. And I'm taking Jacasey to win by decision. Of course, he is an English fighter as well. And yeah, I think he's going to let his hands go here. But we'll have to see. I'm taking Mark Jacasey by decision. Into our featured prelim, Mason Jones, the Welshman, former Cage Warriors dual division champion, up against Ludovic Klein, a guy who has some sensational head kick finishes, but at times as well, he has been caught lacking. Most notably, he had his last win against Devontae Smith. That was on the 6th of March. But before that, he got submitted by Nate Landwehr. He also lost to Mike Trezano. And you have Mason Jones, who, look, he has lost inside the UFC, lost in his debut to Mike Davis. But his most recent performance, he beat David Onama. And Onama is a massive featherweight prospect. I know this is a lightweight contest, which that one was as well. Onama taking it on short notice. Mason Jones getting the decision win. I think here, though, he's going to let his hands go. He's ready to show what he can truly do. And the crowd, well, they are going to be right behind him. I can see Ludovic Klein going for knockouts as well. So ultimately, I think I'm going to back the finish here. I'm going to take the massive prospect, Mason Jones, by knockout over Ludovic Klein. I just think he's got the reach advantage, height advantage. He's going to be a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, and he's going to have a massive home swell of support. He is Welsh, but that UK crowd, they are going to be getting behind him in London. So I'm going to get behind him as well. Mason Jones by knockout over Ludovic Klein. So that's the prelims action. Uh, just capping off that whole prelims, I've gone Nicholas Dolby, Mandy Bomb, both by decision, Jai Herbert by knockout, Mohamed Mokhaev by submission, Jonathan Pierce by knockout, Nathaniel Wood by decision, Mark Jacasey by decision, and Mason Jones over Ludovic Klein by knockout. With that being said, now there are six huge fights on the main card for me to get through. So now let's jump into the UFC London main card. Alright, time for the main card. And opening us up in the light heavyweight division, the Scotsman Paul Craig. Coming off his submission win last time out in London over Nikita Krylov, up against Volkan Ozdemir, who he in his own right is a guy who can work his way towards being a challenger. His last performance was that decision loss to Magomed Ankalaev. He also lost by second round knockout to the Chennai champion Yuri Prohaska. But Volkan Ozdemir, I still think he's got something to prove. He's only 32 years old. He does give up a reach advantage and a height advantage in this one, as well as a grappling advantage to Paul Craig. So Volkan's going to have to be very careful that he doesn't tire himself out. For Paul Craig, this is an unbelievable run. He talked about retirement, but now he's in the midst of like working his way potentially toward being a title challenger in an interesting division like light heavyweight. This is a really pivotal contest for the division, and I'm torn as to which way I'm going to go. I really want to get on the Paul Craig journey and say Paul Craig by 
submission. But Uzdemir, I think he's going to be spending his whole camp training around that, looking at what Paul Craig does in that regard to lure his opponents in and finding ways to counter that. I'm going to be cheering for Paul Craig, but in this main card opener, I'm going to take Volkan Uzdemir by knockout. I, I just think, yeah, I think Volkan, he's got a little bit more gas left in the tank to actually go for consecutive fights and get a run going where he can eventually challenge for the title. Paul Craig, though, he's going to have that home crowd support. It's going to be wild. I really want to see Paul Craig win, but I'm going to go Volkan Uzdemir here by knockout. Now, that leads us in to Molly McCann, Meatball Molly, trains with Paddy Pimblett, up against Hannah Goldie, who, look, Hannah Goldie's decent. She can definitely pose a challenge here. She's coming off a win over Emily Whitmire, whose record stands at four and five. So you'd have to say Meatball Molly in significantly better form. Last time out in London, Molly knocked out Luana Carolina. That is no easy feat. I really do think Meatball Molly is starting to make a run in the division. It's quite exciting to see. And look, I'm on board the Meatball Molly train. I think she's a really quality fighter. Both of them will test each other quite well. Potentially we see a Molly McCann knockout. But ultimately, woman's flyweight, always tricky. Always tricky to predict. So usually whichever way I go, probably go the opposite. But I'm going to take Meatball Molly by decision. I've seen enough from her. Whereas Hannah Goldie, a little bit less convincing. Meatball Molly, she's got a wave of momentum behind her. She's going to have a very special atmosphere inside the O2 arena when she walks out. Knockout could still be on the cards, but I'm going to go Molly McCann by decision. Meatball Molly in that one. Volkan Ustamir in the opener, which was light heavyweight. And that leads us to a big light heavyweight contest. Nikita Krylov up against Alexander Gustafsson. Gustafsson returning to action, but there's been a lot of talk. Many people have written him off and said they just feel like his best is done based on what they've seen. Whereas Nikita Krylov, he's still, he's very capable. 26 of his 27 wins have been finishes. His kryptonites have been submissions. Six of his nine losses by submission. Paul Craig submitting him last time out. But Nikita Krylov, 26 of 27 wins by stoppage, 15 wins by submission, 11 by knockout. It is a curious one because Gustafsson, a lot of people just feel that his best is gone. And I'm, I'm really curious about that. He has dropped three straight. He lost to John Jones in one of the greatest fights we've ever seen. He lost to Anthony Smith by round four submission. And he lost by submission again to Fabrizio Werdum. 11 of his 18 wins have been by knockout. I, I, I'm really interested in this one. And I'm actually going to go Alexander. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I may change my pick here. It's, it's hard. I want to back Alexander Gustafsson in. But uh, Krylov does have the credentials. And Gustafsson, five years older, which does lean me toward Krylov. This one, this one really hard to pick, to be honest. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Nikita Krylov. I'm going to go with Nikita Krylov by knockout. But I want to see Gustafsson win. 
And maybe I've been swayed there, but I, I think the 26 of 27 wins for Krylov. I did go for him against Paul Craig, and he lost. But Gustafsson, that's, that's the main question mark here, so very intrigued. I'm going to take Nikita Krylov over Alexander Gustafsson by knockout, leading into Paddy Pimblett, Jordan Levitt. Potential fight of the night here, I think. I'm going to take Paddy Pimblett, and... I, I'm going to take him. This one's difficult. I actually think this could go to decision. Jordan Levitt, he's better than people think. He is better than people think. Um, yeah, this one really tricky. I'm going to go Paddy Pimblett by knockout, but I can see this one going the distance. So taking Paddy Pimblett by knockout over Jordan Levitt. I can also see Jordan Levitt winning this one. He's a lot. He's a lot bigger of a test than people think. And this could potentially be fight of the night. I'm going to take Paddy Pimblett by knockout though. I've been swayed by that home crowd advantage on that one. Paddy the Batty, one of the biggest stars in the UFC, and he did say he was going to teabag Jordan Levitt after he finished him. So that lent me away from decision, even though I think Jordan Levitt will test him. And I think Paddy Pimblett will find the knockout in there somewhere. I'm going to go knockout again. Jack Hermanson, Chris Curtis in the co-main event. A lot of people going decision. They think this one's going to go the distance. I'm going to go Chris Curtis, action man. Just, I'm fully on board that train. He's a major prospect. I can see him losing. I can see this going to decision. But I'm just such a fan of action man. And I think this is going to be another special night. And for that reason, I'm taking Chris Curtis, action man, over Jack Hermanson in the middleweight division. That one don't throw heaps of money on. Although, let me check. Is Chris Curtis... If he's the underdog, then uh, that could be a go. Let me just quickly pull up the odds. Co-main event, they are dead even. $1.90 a piece. I actually think Hermanson could be the favorite here, but I'm just a fan of Chris Curtis. The odds for him to win by knockout, $3. Yep, I'm going to jump on it. A lot of people going decision. I'm going to take Chris Curtis, action man, by knockout over Jack Hermanson. Leading us into our main event. This is a heavyweight contest. So much on the line. The winner of this, after this, may only be one fight away from challenging for that world title. We have to see what happens with Stipe and John Jones. But this is major. And I think, do not be blinded by the hype of Tom Aspinall, which is fully deserved, and the London crowd. Because Curtis Blades is as tough a test, I think, possible for Tom Aspinall up until the eventual current champion, Francis Ngannou. I think Curtis Blades and maybe like a Cyril Garn, up with like a Stipe or John Jones, but let's say they're less active. I think Cyril Garn, Curtis Blades are the biggest tests possible. No one wanted the Curtis Blades fight, and for good reason. He's absolutely been killing it. He knocked out Chris Dorcas last time out. That was just after the UFC London card. This is timed perfectly. Blades ranked number four in the division. You've got Cyril Garn, Taito Avasa, and Stipe Miocic in second. Uh, so Cyril Garn first, Taito Avasa third, Curtis Blades fourth, and like John Jones in the mix, not ranked in the heavyweight division yet. But if Jones faces Stipe, Cyril Garn faces Taito Avasa. Curtis Blades and Tom Aspinall. 
Those are the three fights. And then you have Francis Ngannou. These are the three fights that shape the heavyweight division going forward. And potentially, we see the winner of Curtis Blades' Tom Aspinall go against Cyril Gunn, Taito Avasa. Stipe, John Jones for the interim belt. Winner faces Francis. And I think we could have one hell of a contenders fight that I could see main eventing a pay-per-view. Like, that's how big it would be. Cyril Gunn, Taito Avasa, winner of that, up against the winner of this one, Aspinall, Curtis Blades. If Aspinall wins, you could even have it at another London card. Such has been the rise of Tom Aspinall. And for Curtis Blades, like, he has put it all together. He's been in and around the mix for a while, but this looks like the absolute best version of Curtis Blades that we have ever seen in the UFC. He is fourth ranked. Tom Aspinall, he is in number six. And this, this is the fight of the night for mine. This is the main event, the crowd, the energy. Everything's going to be on point. And I think Curtis Blades, if anyone is going to beat Tom Aspinall, who I have as one of my best prospects, he's gone beyond a prospect now into a legitimate contender with less than 15 minutes of overall cage time. He's racked up this win streak and it's been in under 15 minutes of cage time. Debuting in the 2020 UFC calendar, Tom Aspinall got a 45-second knockout over Jake Collier. Then he got just over 90 seconds, a knockout over Alan Badeau. So two knockouts in under two minutes to start his UFC career. He then came out and submitted former UFC heavyweight champion and still a stern test, American top team's Andre Arlovsky, that was a second round submission. And then in a co-main event, he knocked out Sergei Spivak in the first round. That built up Aspinall with so much hype. He had four wins. And then he submitted Alexander Volkov in the first round, UFC London. Volkov, a very stern test in his own right. But it must be said, full credit and respect needs to be given to Curtis Blades. He's got the reach advantage as well. And he is such a threat in this division. For Curtis Blades, in the same time frame where Tom Aspinall debuted from 2020 onward, Curtis Blades had a round five decision win. So it went all 25 minutes over Alexander Volkov, the very same man that Tom Aspinall finished with ease. Then Curtis Blades had a massive knockout contest in February 2021. But he lost. It was to uh, Derek Lewis, and that was brutal. He got the uppercut that totally halted the momentum that Curtis Blades was building. But he returned to form with a decision win over Jarzinho Rosenstrike. That got Curtis Blades kind of a bit of momentum, but it was the heavyweight main event in front of the crowd, the fight night, Blades vs. Dorcas, where he got that 17 seconds into round two knockout win over Chris Dorcas. Curtis Blades, folks, he is a contender. Like, I actually think this is the most evenly matched fight on the card. And if anything, Curtis Blades could deservedly be the favorite. However, Tom Aspinall, I think this is too great an opportunity to pass up. He was the one in the heavyweight division that I've been watching ever since his debut. And I've been feeling special performances. This guy, he's something else. He is something different. And I'm going to take Tom Aspinall by knockout over Curtis Blades. I think this is going to be one hell of a fight. 
Uh, this is the one I am easily most excited for. I'm going to take Aspinall over Curtis Blades by knockout. But Curtis Blades, man, he's a massive chance. I think he does have a, an opportunity early. If he can land a takedown and take some control away from Tom Aspinall and challenge him, put Tom Aspinall through a bit of adversity. Overall, though, Aspinall is my top prospect at heavyweight. As I said, he has now gone beyond a top prospect. I think the winner of this faces the winner of Gunn and Tuivasa, and that would be one hell of a fight. Imagine Aspinall versus Gunn. Imagine Aspinall versus Tuivasa, which he has called for before. There are huge fights in the wings. Curtis Blades, if he wins this, he is even closer than Aspinall to a title shot, given that he's already ranked fourth. But for Aspinall, he can immediately position himself in that top four and maybe even the top three. We'll have to see how Tuivasa and Cyril Garn goes in France. But the heavyweight division, it is well and truly picking up. Stipe, one of the greatest champions ever, still in the mix. John Jones, arguably one of the greatest or the greatest fighter in UFC history in the mix. Taito Avasa, the Australian, the knockout sensation. You still got someone like Derek Lewis who fights next weekend in the mix with a really, really promising prospect in Sergei Pavlovich who could steal that spot. So heavyweight, it is well and truly picked up. This main event signifies the beginning of a next era because there was a bit of inactivity rather between Stipe Miocic and Daniel Cormier and that whole saga. Now, even though Francis Ngannou, he's on the shelf dealing with injury, now we are starting to see the way forward for the heavyweight division. And every fight, all those big fights, they are all tantalizing prospects. I am so, so keen to see what happens, not just in this main event, but in this entire card. Those are my picks. I'll go through the main card once more and then I'll sign off. But as you can tell, super pumped about this. I will release some form of thoughts and comments. I'm going out tonight, so I'll see how I go timing-wise because it starts at 1 a.m. Saturday morning. But I'm definitely going to watch the card and there will be some form of thoughts and comments, even if it's a more rapid version like this one. But main card picks, taking Volkan Uzdemir over Paul Craig by knockout. Meatball Molly McCann over Hannah Goldie by decision. Nikita Krylov, I did end up going that way, didn't I? Nikita Krylov over Alexander Gustafsson by knockout. Paddy Pimblett over Jordan Levitt by knockout. Although I can definitely see that one going to decision. Chris Curtis by, uh, over Jack Manson by knockout. I've got knockout fever ladies and gentlemen, so we'll see how the methods go. But my head-to-head picks have been really solid, especially on pay-per-views. So UFC 277 next week, that won't be rapid prediction. I've been going really well on the pay-per-views, so I'm targeting a really strong one next weekend for UFC 277. For this one, I have knockout fever. Main event, Tom Aspinall, Curtis Blades. I am going Tom Aspinall by knockout. Those are my picks for UFC London. Now it is time to turn our focus to the card itself, and it is going to be one hell of a card. I'm so excited to watch every single fight. I'll be back on the weekend at some point, or potentially even Monday. I'll see how my night out tonight goes. 
Uh, I'll be back with full thoughts and comments on the entire card. And then after that, do not forget, preview and predictions back in its full form next weekend. That is going to be for the UFC 277 card. That's going to be a lot of fun. Really excited to jump into that. Really excited to watch UFC London. And so with that being said, this has been my Rapid Predictions podcast, and I hope you've enjoyed. If you did, make sure to follow us on Instagram, at NotJustASportsReport. Follow us on whatever podcast pod, podcast platform you're listening on, and you'll be able to hear, not that, what you just heard, you'll be able to hear UFC London thoughts and comments and UFC preview and predictions for 277 next weekend. Amanda Nunes rematch up against Juliana Pena, the bantamweight championship on the line. And we also have the interim flyweight title, Brandon Moreno up against Kai Kara France from New Zealand, from Auckland, New Zealand. Same bro. So very excited for that. Until then, well, until UFC London thoughts and comments, I've waffled on enough. That is it. Have a great time. Take care of yourselves. And most importantly, Enjoy UFC London. Going to be a hell of a lot of great fights. Thank you.